All right, y'all, we are back with another episode of Backport Spiritual. Um, sorry we could not, I could not record last week. Um, if you follow the, follow Backport Spiritual on Instagram, you know that I had to take a rest because I had a virus. Um, found out today that it was not COVID. Hallelujah. Um, but <laughs> today we are recording and I'm very excited about this topic because it's something that's always intrigued me. Um, so much that, like, in undergrad, I declared a major, I mean, ooh, not a major, don't let me lie, a minor in sociology, because we talked a lot about this topic, um, and that is symbolism, um, and today, just wonderful, wonderful news, and I hope to be able to do more of this, but today, I have a special guest, and that special guest is my best friend of 16-ish years, Alicia. Hi, Alicia. Tell the folks about yourself. Hey, everyone. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> um, my name is Alicia. Um, I'm 25. Me and Michelle were literally born a day apart. Mm-hmm. Been best friends, like she said, for at least 16 years, probably more than that. Mm-hmm. But um, we old. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, she brought me on the show today because I um I have a background, my bachelor's, I got it in psychology, and like she just said, we both um, ended up doing our minor in sociology. So these kind of topics that we're gonna be talking about today, like we're really we've been nerds and been interested <laughs> in it for quite some time. So it's pretty dope to be able to get here today to talk with her to you guys about what's going on. Yes, she is. Uh, Alicia is also um, a very empathetic empathetic empathic yes person (laughs) (laughs) both um and she she just has like this weird talent i don't know what it is this um weird talent for i guess helping people and knowing even without like people saying anything like what's going on you know how to like help people help themselves through it you know which i feel like i mean one it's probably gonna be pretty helpful um, for her career path, because uh, you kind of need those skills as a counselor, and she got them, even before the credentials and degrees and certifications and all <laughs> the other whatever. Um, chill out, chill out. <laughs> this is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to gas your friends up, because they apparently ain't going to do it for themselves. <laughs> but yes, so she definitely has a strong background in how people work, how society works, and also... I mean, we just been out here, you know, trying to mm-hmm. trying to live life as people, like aside from our individual specialties or, you know, things like that. Um, just trying to live life as people. And I feel like people, co- the collective we, um, forget that sometimes that in and of itself gives us like credibility to speak on life things. You know, I feel like life doesn't discriminate <laughs> on what it puts you through. Um, so you can get hit with anything at any time at any age. Um, but yes, so like the podcast says, we just out here trying to figure some shit out. Um, we actually come from two different spiritual slash religious backgrounds. Um, I am, as you guys already know, somewhere in between several different labels. (laughs) Um, but I do have a belief in higher power. Um, I do practice witchcraft um and Alicia, do you want to talk about your spiritual religious system well i'm just a regular schmegla degla old christian <laughs> <laughs> why did you put it like that <laughs> like, just, i mean i don't have a lot of labels i'm really just um a black christian <laughs> girl and yeah. i'm baptist if you yeah. want to say denomination so yeah yeah, yeah. We got into like the back and forth and stuff, which I feel like is the heart of this podcast is just like everyday lived experiences. I did want to go into some like pretty cool info that I found. I wanted to find out how symbolism symbolism even got started for people or human beings. Um, And I found out that apparently us and our primate homies... (laughs) have what's called mirror neurons mirror neurons um in our brains that are activated when we experience uh symbolic representations of things like speech mind or or reading 
and where our other primate cousins or whatever you want to call them um those mirror neurons um unlike our primate homies they have like their mirror mirror god dog i cannot talk are are double r's hard for you yeah they are yeah i don't maybe it's because do you think it's because of our accent i think it is (laughs) my mouth might be too big Uh, okay, so mirror neurons and other primates um, are activated by, like, manual sounds. So, like, the sounds of, like, action, like, doing things. But for us, it's different. Or for our early ancestors, it was different. Because not only were, were those neurons activated by, like, manual sounds, but they are also activated by, like, vocal vocalizations and then also... It it was we were able we our ancestors were able to um, start to recognize things that like weren't there. So where primates can only well at the time this research was being done can only like understand and like comprehend an action being done. So like reaching for a book or like reaching for a banana. Um, our ancestors' brains could understand things that were done in the past um, that they weren't actually there for. So, like, say we're back, like, 75,000 years ago, and I almost get attacked by a lion, (laughs) and I come back to the tribe, and I start, like, miming the attack, y'all would understand, like, what I'm talking about, even though you weren't there for the attack, basically. Mm. Um, Yeah, which to us sounds like, well, duh, you know? But it's actually like an evolutionary thing. But anyways, so the thought is that this evolved, this uh, ability to understand like miming and like gestures evolved into like full-blown full blown cultures. Um, and so, <clears throat> excuse me, the idea was that like they had started to attach these like these gestures with sounds and things like that and so once speech was invented there's like this huge boom of culture and symbolism and things like that but it was only they're they're thinking that the cultures that did survive coming out of the stone age only did so because they had such rich oral traditions and symbolisms and they were able to like put meaning to things that like our ancestors couldn't but the article does mention that myth um was a controlling social force in these like predominantly like oral societies um in the stone age and then coming out of the stone age but um i don't know i feel like when people talk about myths they just think about like greek mythology or norse mythology or egyptian mythology you know like the stories of things that aren't real Mm -hmm. but in the article at least i think myth was really talking about any thing that like socially everyone as a group agreed on so like that all those things are included in that word myth um and that they're used as an agent of social control um but I mean we're social creatures by nature even like us introverts right so like I was just Mm -hmm. thinking about how it can be kind of tough sometimes to deal when your sense of belonging is like tainted or taken from us um, because in the same way that ideas or symbols or whatever are great for creating some kind of like group identity or like this place to belong where we otherwise might not, um, they can also be used to sanction or like get somebody in trouble when they step outside of like those agreed upon boundaries. Um, right. Yeah. And I don't know, it's just kind of interesting to see like in the past and what, you know, these archaeologists and art experts and historians kind of track to see that like okay our ancestors went from not being able to understand symbolism at all to creating like a whole language out of gestures to creating a language made out of sounds to pictures and what we call letters and using these letters and symbols to create whole words which then created all these other ideas it's just kind of wild to think about but like if you take it away it doesn't mean anything so it's like what happens when we take away meaning from a symbol or if we add meaning to a symbol um just I don't know I guess kind of like 
what happens there and like why it's important and i don't know man it's just crazy to think about <sighs> i did want to pull out this like one quote though um that's on um an article called external symbols which is the bulk of what um we work with and like in in witchcraft like in spell work and things like that we use a lot of external symbols like like stars or moons or spirals or i would even call the colors of the things that we use symbols too because colors by themselves don't mean anything until we say they do um yeah like yeah yeah so i think all religions have that kind of thing but this one quote it was just like when a symbol is introduced it must identify something that the community recognizes that it agrees mm -hmm. on and remembers before it can be used as a useful communication tool but once it's in use um it can actually influence the culture and generate new thoughts and new ways of thinking um which i thought was pretty cool it's basically like the the archaeologist art historian answer to sociology's like well, it don't matter if it ain't real. If you say it's real, then it's real in its consequences. It's just like everybody has all these different ways of saying the exact same thing. Mm hmm <clears throat> I agree. <laughs> That's kind of like in your experience or like, like, why do you think or why do you feel or like what does, you know, what you know say about why now as modern you know, modern humans, why we rely so much on symbols, um, and belief systems. Like, like, why do, why do we do that? I don't know. <laughs> um, one of the things that I remember learning, um, and what, and it'll add to what you just, um, said is that our minds, we do this thing where we always have to categorize something. We mm -hmm. always have to put a label towards something because we, our minds are not used to just something simple. Like <laughs> it's just always constantly changing and constantly wanting to learn and constantly our minds want to simplify things for us. I put it like that. Yeah. Um, one of the things I have noticed, especially, um, the way that I was taught, we kind of, um, we talked about the um, LGBTQIA community yeah. and ally community. Um, and I was trying to, we were all, the, the lesson was being taught to say that like, we as humans, like I said, we want to constantly categorize and label things so that it can make sense to us. Yeah. And therefore, that is why there are so many labels when it comes to that community, because therefore they everyone deserves to be able to have some type of, you know, be included in yeah. some kind of way. But our brains are actively doing that because back then, like and you, if you go way back, you know, before when this movement first started, you know, they didn't have all those labels and some of like that because, you know, some people weren't speaking out. Some people didn't, you know, feel they had, there was fear of what to, what to do, or they just didn't, genuinely did not know what to label it, yeah. you know, for what they were feeling. Yeah. So as time, as, as their mindset, as our mindsets have started to change and grow as um, human beings and so, and our, you know, social structure is constantly changing. Mm -hmm. That's when all these new labels and all our minds are going to constantly continue. It's like a catalyst. It's going to keep going and keep um, crystallizing until we, I don't know, I guess we get to the end. So who knows I mean, what other stuff <laughs> is going to come out. Yeah. Now I've talked to you, um, with specifically i feel like it's easier to talk about it with like the lgbtqia plus community um just mm -hmm. because it is such a like diverse community um mm -hmm. and a lot of conversations i've had some conversations with some some people some older people in the community and they were just like you know we didn't have we didn't call it that back in the day or we didn't have like a term for that it was just kind of like a you know this is what it is like i knew i was you know not what I wasn't this like heterosexual person or the cisgendered person. We just knew that like that this didn't fit for me and that I was who I was. Um, it's kind of like, I mean, I feel like that also like goes into like all kinds of communities or um, whatever too. Cause like even, even like us, like there is, I don't understand like the, there's like such a, a debate on like, 
whether it's African-American or Black or Black-American or or whatever, even in spiritual community, it's like there's this like hunger to identify a certain way, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, you, like you were talking about, like our brains consistently are like trying to find these patterns, which I guess I kind of understand because there's this whole idea that like, uh, I can't remember what it's called. I think it's like prototyping and like stereotyping and prototyping where it's mm-hmm. like if a person, if we meet a random person on the street and they are different from us in some kind of way. Even if it's just something as small as like, oh, this person has pink hair. If this pink haired person acts a certain way, our brains, for whatever reason, like, okay, boom, I have a reference point now for pink haired people. Like I have a predisposition um, to feel a certain way or to treat pink haired people a a different way, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And so the next time you come across a pink haired person, I'm really like simplifying it. Um, we could talk about it in, like, more serious things, like what's happening right now in the world, or what's always been happening, but it's really coming, like, to a head and being brought to light. But, right. like, with race, it's, like, with, you know, white people, it's, like, okay, they have an interaction with a black person. This could be, like, just a random person off the street. This person is black, and they are not. And if they're not used to, like, being around black people, it's, like, okay, well how this person acts must be how black people act. Like, this is how I have to, this is my frame of reference for black folks. But it's like, if a if a person comes around that's also black that does not act like this person, you're like, oh, well, you're not like the rest of them. Because, like, they, the idea to, like, the generalization is just so hard to, like, step away from because it's, like, impossible to fathom individuals you know, outside of that, like, uh, physical characteristic or that, like, whatever group they associate with, whether it's, you know, I say associate like it's a choice, but, like, are a part of, <laughs> whether it's, like, skin color or if it's, like, something like uh, anime lovers or, I don't know, Marvel fans, you know? Like, right. oh, those Marvel fans, you know about them, or, oh, those DC guys, you know, they're all da-da-da-da-da. It's, like... Uh, I, I get it, but I don't get I don't get it. I guess like I don't know. I don't know, it's just weird to me. But I, I, I mean, would, yeah, go ahead. No, I mean like there's like a moral mix to it too. So of oh. course you're not gonna like you and your moral attitude, you're not gonna be judgmental of someone with pink hair. That's not that's just <laughs> because that's your moral code. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. But like everybody else's moral code may change or whatever, but what you say as far as like it being a like a thing in your brain that does that or whatever you may recognize it but you can change that so however you choose to treat that person that's your just that's just your moral judgment yeah that's true that's true it doesn't work to like recognize especially if it's like a lifelong thing to recognize that like oh shit like this is actually stupid (laughs) like (laughs) this pink-haired person like, just because they have pink hair doesn't mean they're, like, super bubbly and, like, carefree and outgoing and, like, the sweetest soul. Like, yeah, uh, uh, Janet over here might, you know, be, like, the most bubbly person, but uh, Crystal over here with her pink hair, she might be the worst person in the world, you know? Like, it's... I don't know. I mean, I, I, I guess. <laughs> I guess. That's all I can really say about that. But... It's just, I don't know, it's funny, there's no way we're going to answer this qu- the question of, like, why our brains, or why we still, like, hold on to those patterns and those, like, stereotypes and associations with things. When it's talking about people, um, when we're talking about people, why they hold on to those things so much, even when, like, we're there's plenty of, like, evidence and, like, things to show us that, like, our our preconceived notions aren't, like, real. Like, they're not based on anything except someone's opinion. Um, but with symbols in, like, spirituality and, like, religion, it's a little different. Because, like, for the most part, those symbols were, like, established well before most of us even got here. You know? Right. And, and I mean, like, that's that's what I was going to say earlier when you were talking about um, back then. It's just like that 
I feel like they had no choice but to communicate in that way, especially yeah. because they, there was no such thing as language and whatnot. But yeah. um, what you was describing earlier with the neurons, it really just to me sounded like one of the one of the oldest ways of communicating behavior is modeling. And that is really just what you said, just miming and mimicking certain behaviors in order to communicate something. And so that's what I feel like is really just going on with those individuals from back then. Yeah. I mean, even today, though, I mean, that's how children learn, too, right? Right, right. Um, But like, I don't know, I'm just kind of thinking about who who sat there and was like, you know what? You know what? I don't like this stuff. this is group A over here. Let's like sit down and and make up some things about them. And you know what? We're all gonna agree on this, and we're gonna teach our children to agree about it. And we're gonna teach our children's children. And like by the time it gets to like now, like twenty what year is it? Twenty twenty, twenty twenty. You got people believing stuff they don't even know why they believe it. What I was thinking about was that like, just like ideas about race and ideas about sexuality and gender representation and just like the major things like that but I don't know if it's like fear or if it's it's probably fear because speaking for myself like when I've had a belief or had even just a regular preference like like when it comes to like food preference or something like that if it's something that I've never had or I've been told like oh this isn't good or oh, this is bad for you, or X, Y, Z. Like, I was I was legit, like, afraid to drink alcohol for a very long time. Um, because I was just, okay, first of all, um, so, you know, not every family uh, has the best uh, history with alcohol. Um, you True. know, going, going down the lines, the generations. But, like, it was always taught to us, like, alcohol is a terrible, terrible thing. You will die immediately. Um, you will burn in the fiery pits of hell. Um, you will immediately drive drunk and do something terrible. You will immediately, like, lose all of your morals and inhibitions. And for, for the, I mean, okay, I was a teenager, but, like, for the longest, I was like, I don't understand why people drink. Like, I don't understand why, like, it's a thing. And then, like, you actually drink, and you're just like, oh, this is just, this is, this is just a liquid. Like, it, I mean, obviously, like, everything in moderation but, like, the first time I drank, I was like, okay, all right, I guess this is just, I mean, I feel a little loose, but, you know, I'm, I'm all right. I ain't, you know, tripping. I ain't doing nothing too crazy, you know? Um, and then I got to college, and I was like, all right, I'm drinking a little bit more. Um, but I'm still not doing anything, like, super crazy or too out of the way. So, like, like what? And then the same thing about weed. I was like, they were just like, oh, if you smoke the weed, the devil's mm-hmm. lettuce, like, you're just going to be good for nothing. You're not going to, you know? It's like, but then you smoke it, or you like you be around people who smoke it, and you're just like, this is just like leaves. This is just leaf smoke. Like <laughs> these people are chills fuck. It's just leaf smoke. I don't get like the fear and paranoia like that people put into like the. I don't know. I guess like the negative symbolism into something that really at the end of the day is neutral until like people apply something or don't apply something to it um (laughs) that was a lot (laughs) i'm gonna go back to say that it just really just still goes back to just constantly categorizing how you feel and also just tying in that moral judgment and your moral code to it um you know we you get information our brains we're constantly just I keep saying the word constantly. Our brains, <laughs> we, our brains are always absorbing some form of um, knowledge. Yeah. And, you know, you have to look at your mind as like a memory bank, constantly downloading something and uh, processing that information. And so somebody could tell you something real basic like that, like, you know, something just real, like, outlandish, something real crazy or whatever. And you may not know, you may know what that person said is just completely bogus, but your brain gonna remember that, like, somebody (laughs) one time told you something so crazy like that, you know? You know, you knew that that wasn't real or it didn't, like, apply to you in any Mm -hmm. way. So, um, and I think also, too, like, I said, but 
I guess in like um if I had to go from a emotional and spiritual sense and whatnot, our world is just filled with hate. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So this mindset, like the negativity, the negative connotations towards things and stuff like that, that stuff sticks a lot harder than the stuff that is in love. And it shouldn't be like that. But I mean, we know in this world, at least we can see just how even our country and what we got going on right now, how hate and even, and I'm I'm going to say it for the past uh, three, almost four years, <laughs> well, is it been four yet? Uh, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Yeah, there's been nothing but hate that's been incited in our country and whatnot. And that's what's been fueling a lot of the attitudes and the things that we have going on here. It doesn't mean, and it's because that type of stuff sticks. Yeah. Um, as a Christian, you're taught that, you know, enemy is of the world. Mm. Yet, like, you know, you have your spiritual presences that's up here, but this is his world. And he has the reign to be able to do whatever he wants. Like that, you can call on God, and God will be there to do what He needs to do for you. But this is this world is, is of the enemy. Like He has He has control over the things that's going on and the negativity that surrounds our world. And I'm not saying that the world is a bad place. This is not me to go morbid and dark or anything <laughs> like that. But I am saying that like that is I I really and truly just feel like that the type of um, attitudes that certain leaders and people in this country have put into put into put in place for in our structure. That's why this moral code is so complicated for people to understand. People and even some minorities, it's difficult for them to understand. Um, you know why people think like this or whatnot, or whatever. Like. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, I really just think that it's right now the type of um, attitudes that we got going on. It's just hate is just sticking a lot harder than love is. Yeah. I mean, it's also like the idea that it's not the law of attraction because the law of attraction can be like, it's actually hella problematic the way some people use it. That like, if bad things happen, it's because you brought them on yourself um, because that's not the case. Um, But there is this idea that like, the more energy that's put into something, it's like the stronger it gets. So it's like like uh like a, a demon or a a negative a negative entity. Like if it if it feeds on negativity or if it feeds on fear or anger or whatever, and that's mm-hmm. constantly the emotion that we're giving it. Of course, the demon or the negative energy or the negative spirit or the person. Let's be honest. Is gonna is gonna be emboldened by it or be like made stronger by it, um, and it's like strange to me that like that. I mean, there's real no, there's no real answer. I feel like there's never gonna be like a, a solid like concrete. All right, boom, this is it. When we're talking about humans, um, I think that's the reason why with sociology, there's no like. I mean, there's like ideas and there's theories until something else like disproves that theory or like you know, um, but. There's, it's just, it's strange to me that one person's, like, a person's power, I guess it's like, is there, is there not power in, I guess not, because if everyone's on a, well, there's horizontal leadership, where it's like, there is a person that's, like, the decision maker, but everyone has like an equal say in things. But I mean, not everything is a democracy, right? <laughs> There's right. always going to be someone that stands out. Um, that's like, no, we're going to do it my way. It's my way or the highway. And that's whether you're talking about, you know, government or a uh, social movement or an or anti-social movement. Um, I don't think that's the correct term for uh, counter counter movement. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, because I'm saying, like, because if you were to think about it, just, um, I just thought about, you know, if you were to take away the Catholic Church. Okay. I mean, everything, like, I'm not going to say everything would be destroyed, but (laughs) there would be a lot of stuff that would not, I'm not saying, you know, Catholicism, they do their own thing. But, you know, it's just like, 
I feel like if you were to take away that symbol, take away the church, take away the Pope, take away all of that stuff and whatnot, people are, like, they're going to want something to believe in. Yeah, I mean, I feel, I feel, I feel that, like, chaos when there's no structure um, or when, like, something important to that structure is taken away. There is a, um, in, in a lot of, like, pagan religions, there's this idea of, um the triple goddess and so basically Mm -hmm. it's about the goddess as a maid a mother and a maiden excuse me a mother and a crone so the maiden she's this uh pure she's a virgin she's she's embodied the embodiment of innocence youth and purity and then as the mother she's the life giver she's the creator she's she's the 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 nurturer and then as the crone she's the wise woman she's she's about rest and death and all that stuff right and so there's this this book that i've been reading by uh lasara firefox allen it's called jailbreaking the goddess and the whole premise behind it is that offering an alternative to the triple goddess because that triple goddess is based on like women's utility so like being a virgin and then giving birth and then being barren um, and that, that might rub some people wrong, um, because the triple goddess is a major symbol in a lot of witchcraft and a lot of pagan religions. Um, mm. but I could see if there was a movement to completely take away, like, the triple goddess, that would be, like, the core of people's beliefs, you know? And it would be chaos until something else was there to replace it, or people were like, no, we're, like, fuck what you're saying, like, I'm, I'm, we're gonna do what we're gonna do. Um, so, like, that book, the Jailbreak and the Goddess book, isn't about replacing the triple goddess as much as it is about offering an alternative to people who practice witchcraft that like don't see themselves reflected in the triple goddess so like maybe it's a a woman that doesn't want to have children and doesn't want to like her value to be based on like whether or not she has kids or whether or not she's she wants to have sex because a lot of stuff about paganism and witchcraft is about fertility um which involves sex and you know there are people who don't like sex or don't want sex or have no interest in it um so it's like that's a big part of your faith or the faith that you like are into and it doesn't fit with you or like it's taken away and it does fit with a lot of people there's gonna be like it's gonna be a shake-up kind of situation um and it's, and it's the same way with any religion or any like major i guess system because that's it's what it is right it's a system mm-hmm yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just crazy to think about. There's no, like, the for people listening, <laughs> for the people listening, um, the title of this episode is called Basically Everything is a Social Construct um, because nothing's real um, except everything that isn't real is actually real because we said so. Um, and by we, I mean people. Um, which is, I don't think it's a, it's kind of like a, is it a paradox where it's like, it's true but it's not true? Is that what a paradox is? Here, let me look it up. <laughs> I'm a whole, I'm a whole writing major, a whole writer slash editor, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fine. Paradox is the okay word um, to use. So it's like the whole point of this episode was really, I guess, learning about the power of symbolism on a macro level, but like. I guess if the, I guess if there's a, a major takeaway, because sometimes when I have episodes like this, I think one of the first episodes that I did, first two episodes that I did, I was kind of all, all over the place. It's it's just kind of interesting how it's like with um, certain leaders, um, well, certain leader, uh, no, I'll say leaders because he ain't by himself. Um, yeah, it's like some people like to think that you know he created this kind of hatred, but it's not really the case. It was really more like. He was this hatred's mouthpiece, you know? Yeah. Um, and, I mean, his whole platform was built up and, like, raised, like, from the ground on hate and, like, things that are based in prejudice and sexism and xenophobia and, like, homophobia and all the other phobias and ists um, that are out there. Um, and you have these people who have these, like, these stereotypes about people 
or these like these preconceived notions about people who they don't know or they don't they couldn't possibly know everyone in whatever group it is that they hate um and they have someone on a national scale or even international scale because i mean it's the president um saying the same thing so instead of like doing the work to like reflect and be like oh i wonder like why this is it's more like oh well here we have this like mighty figurehead that reaffirms what i've been taught and reaffirms like what i've taught myself whether it's consciously or subconsciously so why would i like do the work to like change my identity and that was kind of like one of the one of the things i was thinking about was like if if someone's there or something is there to reaffirm like our beliefs and things on the one hand it can be great because like when it comes to like church or um i'll just use church when it comes to church like the church isn't the religion or the center of the religion it's the religion itself and it's you know it's the higher power right but Mm -hmm. that church acts as a way to reinforce that you know it makes that connection stronger so it's like in one way i i don't want to say i can sympathize because it's not like a justification or anything it's like on a if we remove like if we remove like emotion away from everything and just look at it objectively it's like these people's whole identities are so wrapped up in hatred and these like ideas about people that they don't know or they don't like they haven't made the effort to know or about whole communities they haven't made the effort to know um and and instead of like risking losing that identity because we know like identity is like the heart of who we are you know we might not know who we are that day but but we know like we we feel comfort and we feel a sense of belonging if there are other people around us telling us yes this is who you are this is what you believe come on buddy let's let's go be comrades in this belief or whatever and it's like if you snatch that away from somebody they're suddenly alone you know and mm-hmm. if their whole world is built up around this identity and you take them out of it that's everybody that they know that's you know i guess maybe it's different because you know we are only 25 and it's like if we lose somebody in our lives right now it's like you know what fuck them you know hey there's plenty of time to meet great people. Um, but if you're like, I've, I've been in conversations with some like older people and they were just like, it's, it's, you know, it's my cousin or it's my husband or it's my wife or it's my, my brother, you know? And it's like, on one hand, I can understand, like, I do not understand. I'm not going to say that because I don't understand it. On the one hand, it's like, if literally everyone around you is a shit person <laughs> and they're like racist and even if you don't think that way to like speak up and like say something about it, your entire support system basically attacks you for it and you have nowhere to go. It's like, it's, it's, it's like you're complicit in it because you're not doing anything about it, but it's also like your identity will literally be stripped away from you. Um, it's just, it's just, it's just interesting, I guess, in like a weird sort of way. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it, it's hard just because, you know, you never know unless people speak out and say yeah. for why they think the way that they do. Yeah. And when you explain to them, okay, well, this is why this isn't, this ain't, this ain't really acceptable <laughs> and whatnot. Um, the only reason why people get so defensive in that mindset and whatnot is because that's not what they've had in their brain, in their mindset this whole time. Like, yeah. it's hard to get anybody to understand change. If you don't like tomatoes, but somebody told you you got to eat tomatoes every day for the rest of your life, and so that, you know, you're going to be like wanting to. No, I don't want to do that. Like, you're going to fight and not, I mean, not fight, but you're going to at least like want to. Plus, at least a little bit. At least by day three, you're gonna get tired of tasting the taste of tomatoes because you don't like them. Yeah, I don't like vegetables. I know tomatoes are fruit, and that's not the <laughs> point. But I don't like vegetables, and I'll be fussing about vegetables. <laughs> right. So you're gonna ob- object to it, and even though you can see that it may have hurt your mama, even though she loved tomatoes and just wanted you to love them just as much as she do. Mm. 
it still don't matter because you don't like them. Yeah. And that's what that's how these people treat minorities and whatnot. And that's how people think because it's just like I don't care what you're saying about how this is making them feel because it's not making me feel anything. Mm. It doesn't have anything to do with me because nothing's hurting my money. Mm. Nothing's hurting my family. Nothing's hurting who I am as a person because of what they have going on. Yeah. So that's part of it. But also what's part of it is just, you know, we also talk about education, you know, Mm -hmm. that's another factor, but going back to like the, you know, leader situation, if you even go back to thinking about like cults Mm. and just religion in general, there's always been some type of charismatic person that people fell in love with that wanted to, that became interested in whatever it was that they are deciding to follow. That's typically how it goes. And having that, that person with that personality like that, they can make you think anything. That persuasion can make you think anything and believe anything. And from there, you know, you can have this belief system. Because I was watching, I can't, I'm not trying to get off topic, but I was watching something. I can't remember what movie. It was a movie that's on um, Netflix, I believe. Anyway, um, it was this letter that Hitler wrote. I don't know if this was true. I'm assuming it's historically accurate and whatnot. Don't don't quote me. But anyway, <laughs> Hitler, I guess Hitler at some point, he like wrote this letter um, and it kind of got like passed along to like a bunch of, it was a letter to like black soldiers or whatever, telling them how like they're, they weren't really valuable to the American people and they should switch sides and, Ooh. you know, trying to make them think different because, you know, white people really didn't value black people, even though we were fighting in that war. Yeah. But just, it was interesting to me because I was thinking like, okay, well think about how many soldiers actually read that propaganda and decided to just go over there and fight for him anyway, even though he too also hated people of color like you know what i'm saying but because he was so charismatic to those people and he for some weird reason people liked him and so that they really wanted to follow him like that yeah and and fear can also bring a big thing too but yeah yeah. i guess kind of on to that it's like okay well if there's such a like fear response to being isolated from a community or being isolated from a group, even if it's not a full-fledged community of, like, you know, whatever, the people around you, like, physically or even online, if there's such a fear-based response to not belonging to something, then do these symbols and beliefs, like, still work if those things are removed? Do like these symbols and beliefs have to be widespread for them to work, or can they still be as powerful if we're the only people to who believe it? So it's like we're talking about human things. There's nothing really that's small because it's either you value human humanity and like all it's like the beautiful diversity that's part of it, or you don't. You know, and I hate to be like us versus them. I'm pretty. There's like gray area in there. Maybe I don't. I don't see how, but there is. But I'm just like, if we didn't have these like huge figureheads like the president or like whatever, and if it was just these like little subgroups of people, would it matter? Like, would the symbols these groups use and the beliefs that these groups use be as effective? Um. The thing is, I feel like it's just something that we would still naturally do. I know that wasn't, that isn't answering the question, (laughs) but it's just just because if I'm thinking just how, okay, no, in Stone Age and stuff like that, there, I mean, we don't know if there was a record of someone who was like this specific, like, (laughs) leader of certain clans and stuff like that, you know what I'm saying? But I think you know, structure is what has made our mindsets changing to need that structure yeah. is, is, is what has happened. So I think that even if we did simplify, um, I just don't, I don't know. I think if we did remove the, I'm, I'm going to answer your question. If we remove the symbols, 
move the leaders, move all this stuff, what would that look like? I, I don't, I think it would still be someone trying mm-hmm. to be a leader. That's it. Yeah. But that's a whole other conversation right there because that's getting into like power dynamics and all that. Right, like because yeah. at that point it would be a class, like that would be a classism thing. Like I feel yeah. like some, even though that specific thing may have fallen, mm-hmm. now we're gonna gotta go down to another structure, and that, and I think then that would be classism. So of course the people who have the most. Yeah. you know weapons or the most money or whatever yeah. and they may be in charge and it's just you know i don't know man i just for me Lacey, you want to go first because i've been doing a lot of talking you want to go first like what i guess do you feel like or i guess like what do you what did you take away i guess from this like conversation or this like this topic in general i was happy to be able to nerd out just then i ain't gonna <laughs> lie i'm just gonna say that just because um, I don't get to have these moments <laughs> too often now. So, like, yeah, um, that was fun. So, um, I think it's good that we can be able to have this type of dialogue um, when it comes to the things connecting how symbols, how our structures, our society, all that stuff right now that's going on in our culture right now, being able to connect it from things from We've been talking about hominids and, Bruh. you know, primates, if you know what I'm saying, <laughs> to be able to connect those type of behaviors, power, and all that stuff, whatever, to how things are now. And when you're constantly labeling things, us categorizing things, yeah. it's cool to be able to have that kind of dialogue because, um, like I said at the beginning, a lot of people don't understand um, that type of like what's going on really I feel like I feel like it's like we're behind the scenes like we're in this behind this curtain I felt like this this we took uh, that social uh, one of those sociology classes oh it just feels like dramaturgy just, yeah you know what I'm talking about yeah like when you I just feel like we're behind the curtain and I, I and we're just watching everybody else just live this life and we're like bro all this stuff ain't real you know <laughs> And ever since that day, I have still felt that way, man. Like, yeah. for real. No, I feel that. I feel like that's the, honestly the reason why I'm, like, so into, like, stuff like this and, like, spirituality and religion and stuff. Because I, like, I know at the end of the day, and I think for me that's the biggest takeaway from this episode, is that, like, the 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 biggest thing is that while, yes, all of the stuff, like, our ancestors and us and the humans that came before us made it up, you know, like, even down to race. Race wasn't a thing, always. I mean, mm-hmm. like, there were, like, oh, this person's from this region, and this person is from this region, or this tribe, and this tribe. Like, there's always these kind of divisions that I feel like we just naturally create for ourselves. One, as, like, an act of, like, self-preservation, because back in the day, people were hunter-gatherers, they were warriors, conquering and shit, trying not to be conquered. So it's like, you know, some of that is, you know, but for modern humans, I don't feel like it's as deep. But it, it may, I guess, still be part of, like, who we are. The idea or the being, that state of being might have been there. Like, the color of our skin might have been there. Or our, the way we feel inside about who we are might have been there. But the, the labels that we attach to it are, like, creations of, of us. Our society, our ancestors, our, you know, our forefathers and mothers. Um... <laughs> Because we know this is like essentially just like made up, I, I feel like the, the key takeaway is for like us to be, I guess, forgiving of ourselves. And I, I mean, holding ourselves and others accountable, but also be forgiving with ourselves and not feel like we have to stay in this box where we are. So it's like, I may say, oh, I'm mixed. And tomorrow or later today, somebody could ask me, like, yeah, I'm a black woman. You know? It's like, or I'm African-American, or I'm, a, you know, a black American, or I'm just Michelle, don't label me, I am a glorious manifestation of the divine, um, <laughs> you know, like, I feel like it's, I guess, like, the, the major thing is because symbolism and all of these things only mean something if we give it power. I swear to you, when you just said that, like, about the whole, like, black woman thing and you could take this out i don't care i just thought about that racial dolas all thing and i was just like wait a minute no you can't just automatically claim yourself as a black woman (laughs) we we can talk about transracialness on another day uh but yes for listeners i am a mixed black woman um but 
honestly, it's it's not like, I mean, being black is core to my identity, which is weird to me because I don't go around saying I'm a white woman, a mixed white woman. I'll say I'm a mixed black woman. Um, and I don't know why that is. Maybe that's something for me to look into. Um, but um, being black is a very big part of my identity, especially like the older I get um, and the more hip I get to what's really going on out here in these streets. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. But listen, you're still my friend and you have no choice. So, I mean, you do have a choice. Our friendship is consensual. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess what I was trying to get at was just basically like, for, forgive yourself. If you, I said this in a bonus episode where I was like, there's so much going on in the world. It's like, it's not okay to be an asshole. It's not. But if you, if you internally find yourself having some assholeish thoughts, it is okay to check yourself on those thoughts and do better. Hey y'all, okay, so real quick, future Michelle here. I'm wrapping up this episode and I wanted to clarify something real quick. So, by assholeish thoughts, I mean prejudiced thoughts because whether we want to admit it or not, we all have some form of prejudice. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be about race or anything like that, but we all have some form of prejudice or some kind of idea about someone or a group of people um and we we have it and we need to work on identifying those prejudices so that they don't fester and so that they don't become discrimination and where prejudice becomes discrimination is that action so if you're taking these thoughts and acting on them it's a problem because your rights end the moment you begin to infringe upon someone else if it makes you uncomfortable to think of someone doing something to you or saying something to you or treating you a specific way that's the kind of feeling you need to keep in mind if you're one of those people who whether you know recently with the current administration or your whole life have found yourself discriminating against people that's the kind of the thing you need to keep an eye on um, and start challenging, I challenge you, I challenge us all to think about why it is, whether it's true for you or true for, or, or not, um, that power dynamic of why someone else has to be devalued in order for yourself to be valued, um, and why that is and how we can kind of reverse that and maybe come to a place of equality and equity. Um, but anyways, so back, I just wanted to clarify, back to our regularly scheduled programming, right? You know, it's okay, yeah, it's okay if you're, if you're, you were brought up in one religion and you, you're searching and you're finding your own answers, even if you stay in that religion or if you go somewhere else, you know? Or I feel like searching and questioning our own selves and what we believe makes life a lot richer, like... Like, like, Laisha, okay, let me ask you a question. In your growth as a Christian and as a spiritual woman, do you see a difference in your faith since you've, like, done that? Or, like, or do you feel like your faith was stronger before you started doing that? Um, no, like, I would say that the older that I've gotten and, you know, with, with age comes a lot of different life, you know, experiences. Yeah. And um, so from those life experiences that I had, yeah, like I definitely started to question my faith because I wasn't back home like I used to be. You know, I was raised in the church. Mm-hmm. So that's like, you know, going to church multiple days out of the week to do different things and being involved and stuff and to go from doing that to really essentially really not even going to church at all. Yeah. Um, in a way, that was me wavering, you know, and I take responsibility for that. But I had to go through. But some of the things that I even went through in life had made me angry with God because I didn't understand if I knew I was a good person and a a good Christian and whatnot. I couldn't understand why bad things were happening to me and whatnot. But um, but from me taking that step back and those breaks and stuff like that or 
and then finding my way back to him yeah that helps that helped me realize where i was wrong to think like you know no not to not think like that but i did grow as a person because there was so much that i didn't i was so stagnant there was yeah. only one way that i was looking at christianity and from me taking those steps out and stuff like that, I started to look at things a little different than what I had been raised, the way I had been raised. Mm -hmm. um, so I could tailor it to my life and my relationship with him, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's basically, I would say, yeah, I definitely grew from those um, those moments where I did waver because I wouldn't, I wouldn't look at God the way that I do now if I, I would still be like, I feel like you go to church on Sunday and, you know, you post because you're supposed to. That's yeah. because you're supposed to. That's that's a lot of mindset of a lot of like Christians. It's just like a default thing. Oh, you're supposed to. But now it's more of just like no, like I know who he is. My relationship with him is what it is, and I don't have to be defined by what the church regulates is is supposed to be doctrine for my life. Yeah. No. I mean, it's the same with like with even in paganism and things like that. Like even if. Not even just for the people who are, like, raised in different, you know, uh, pagan traditions, but people who, like, even like myself, um, I mean, I started practicing and studying and, like, I guess embracing and, and I guess, being pagan um, around, like, 13 or 14 or 12 or 13, somewhere, somewhere up in there. Um, but, like, for the large part of it, like, and early on, it was like, you know, I was all gung-ho, you know, it was Pinnacles this, Triple Goddess that, you know, da 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 and like the older I got like I mean kind of like you it's like I, I got away from my faith and like my belief in you know a god and goddess and not that I didn't believe but it was more like the way my belief looked changed um but then like as I got older and again as life as life happens it's like you start reconnecting with that because if it's if it's something that's like for you and like you know that you have a higher power whether it's god or a goddess or some unnamed supreme being um <laughs> like it, it's just a different kind of connection when it's like you your faith has faltered or like your your understanding of like what you've been taught doesn't fit with you anymore or doesn't doesn't fit with the relationship you have with that higher power and i feel like i mean it was, it was my mm -hmm. case my relationship with my higher power is or with spirit is much 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 deeper um now like in the last couple of years than it, it ever was from like when I, I learned it you know way back when in the the decade ago you know when I, I first learned it because you grow into it you question it you challenge it and it's just like a reacher, uh, reacher, a reacher connection, a reacher connection, <laughs> and mm -hmm. I think that's like that's something we should be doing with every facet of our lives, not just like spirituality and religion. Whether it's like our ideas about who we are as a person, um, or like our gender, our sexuality, our our music tastes, our political opinions, our you know, just like all of that stuff. I feel like we, if you question it. And really, like, take some time for yourself, if for nobody else. You know, you don't have to do the work for anybody else. It's not for anybody else. It's for yourself um, and for your children because they learn from you. Um, but doing the work for yourself to make yourself better and by extension making the world a better place. I don't know. I just feel like it is, that's the, the major takeaway is that we can do that because, I mean, there's no manual to this shit. we really just out here, you know? And, and we yeah we can make it up and and reaffirm it and do what we want for what's right for us I guess I feel I feel everything you said bro like because it's important to challenge yourself yeah. so that you don't stay in that one mindset bro because when you do you become ignorant like yeah. that is the point ignorant and stagnant and I feel like stagnation it it can be good for a short period of time like if you're resting but to stay there and never grow. I mean, some yes. people's people, some people's like end goal isn't growth, but I feel like if you're not growing, you miss out on so many opportunities and so many experiences in life and so many new relationships. If I hadn't grown spiritually and just as a person, I would not have the relationships with people that I have now because I was I would still have that same mentality from small town, you know, small town Dublin. Nothing things mm -hmm. wrong with Dublin, 
but it's like a small town where you literally grew up with people who who believe like you or think like you there may be like one or two people who are like outliers and you like the the general consensus in small towns is like oh you know she's just you know a wave of the hand or you know she's a little different or he a little different or whatever no matter what that kind of difference is you're just like all right that's just them and that's it but it's like when you you get out of that headspace and you challenge yourself you're like whoa like there are so many cool people out here bruh look at the trees ain't that what uh what's it called it said kyle kyle and little boat it's like man look at these trees you see these fine bushes <laughs> over here look at that water <laughs> you know it's just like you just miss out on so much in life by not challenging yourself and challenging ourselves because i don't want people to feel like i'm preaching them i'm not but i mean ain't aren't we aren't we really i don't know yeah anyways thanks man no problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, 